I've only been gone a week. This is only the second time I've ever taken a Monday off, so why does it feel like I was gone for so long? Today, by the way, is Friday, May 29th, and I missed you guys. If you missed me too, that means truly we are internet besties. Hi and hello. You found the podcast for moms who don't have time for podcasts. You can think of me as your internet bestie as we share recommendations, laugh about the ridiculous things we see online, and cheer each other on. I'm Indiana Adams, and today, by the way, is the short and sweet podcast that hopefully brightens your day. I am so glad you're here. Okay, so the most ridiculous thing that I read this week was, and I don't even know how I happed upon it, I think just insomnia surfing, but but it was a BuzzFeed article from 2018, which was basically a repost of a meme that I somehow missed in 2018, and it's of celebrities' real names, but, but instead of giving their real actual name, the meme gives you really ridiculous results. For instance... What is Ice Cube's real name? Icelandic Cubicle. Ice Cube. (laughs) What is Machine Gun Kelly's real name? Machinery Gunnard Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) Machine Gun Kelly. And what is Cardi B's real name? Cardigan Backyardigan. (laughs) Cardi B. It's just so dumb. And I just sat there cackling for like... 20 minutes, kind of kind of like I'm doing right now. But it did get me thinking about celebrity pseudonyms, which have always fascinated me. Ice Cube's real name is not Icelandic Cubicle. He's O'Shea Jackson. Machine Gun Kelly is not Machinery Gunnard Kelly Clarkson. He's Colson Baker. Cardi B obviously is not a cardigan backyard again. She's Belle Callis, Marlinis, Almanzar, which side note, I also just read that Cardi B is 27 years old. So that means she's the same age as Ariana Grande, which blows my mind. And that is Ariana's real name, by the way. Okay, so let's define what we're talking about here. A pseudonym or an alias is a name that a person or a group assumes for a particular purpose, which can differ from their first or true name. The term pseudonym is not used when a new name entirely replaces an individual's own. Like like my friend from high school, Max. He was Corey in high school, but he does not go by Corey at all anymore, and he will politely ask that people call him Max now. That's not a pseudonym. Pseudonyms include stage names and usernames, sports names and rings names, like wrestling names or your roller derby name, pin names, nicknames, aliases, superhero or villain identities, and code names, gamer names, (laughs) and regnal names of emperors, popes, and other monarchs. Historically, they have sometimes taken the form of anagrams or have been a name that is important to your culture or religion, but sometimes it's just an alternative name that you've adopted. Pseudonyms should not be confused with new names that replace old ones and become the individual's full-time name. If your pseudonym becomes permanent and the only name by which you're known by, it's no longer considered a pseudonym. It becomes your name, even if you didn't do the legal paperwork to make it so. If the last name is the same, you may even be able to get a debit card with that name on it in addition to your legal name. My debit card says Indiana Adams. Anytime I do an Ask Me Anything or open up questions on my Instagram, two questions come every single time. The first is, what is your ethnicity? 
Well, my mom's from Thailand and my dad is half Native American and half English. And the second question is, what is your real name? And I'll be honest, my real name doesn't even feel like my real name because I never go by it. My grandma was the only person who called me by my real name. The story goes that my name was chosen from a magazine rather hastily by my father. I was born in October in Pisa, Italy because my dad was stationed at Camp Darby. I came two months earlier than planned, and I don't think my parents had settled on a name yet. They thought they had more time. They named me Dorenda Doreen. (laughs) It's like Amelia Bedelia, basically. And what's even funnier to me is that I wasn't born on base. I was born in an Italian hospital. So officially, because I think my mom had a little bit of trouble with the paperwork, officially my name is Dorenda Doreen with no space in between. Someone please write a Dr. Seuss-style book about me. (laughs) Dorenda is Greek. It means, like almost all names, it means gift from God. And Doreen means glum. My parents always called me Didi, my initials. Didi is also how you say very good in Thai. It, It literally means good, good. In preschool, for some inexplicable reason, my teacher started spelling my name Didi with a bunch of E's. So D-E-E, D-E-E started happening when I started school. It was around this time that I developed, like, like all good Hoosiers, an allegiance for coach Bobby Knight. He was the very famous basketball coach at Indiana University. The general, they'd call him. You may have seen old footage of him throwing folding chairs at games. Anyway, I adored him. Every year, I would get the team calendar for the back of my bedroom door and memorize the starting lineup. I'd write the team letters and watch every televised basketball game. This was, this was not unusual for a child in rural Indiana, but it may have been a bit odd for a four-year-old girl. I had a t-shirt that said, the Lord is my shepherd and Bobby Knight is my coach. Thus, sometimes my grandpa would call me Indiana and call my grandma, who preferred the Boilermakers, Purdue. Fast forward to first grade. I was suddenly very mature and decided that people should call me Veronica because because I thought Veronica from the Archie comics was very glamorous and she had black hair like me. But my grandparents said no, but said that if I wanted to, I could go by my real name, Dorenda. That was kind of like Veronica, wasn't it? So in elementary school, Dorenda was my name, but the minute someone got to know me, I became D again. When I got to college, the first girl that popped her head into my dorm room was a gal named Liz, and she said, hi, my name's Liz, and I said, hi, my name's Dorenda, and she said, what? And that's when I realized that I did not like the name Dorenda at all, and that nobody really called me that once they got to know me, so I just said, you know what, please just call me Dee Dee. And that's the name my family calls me. I once missed an airplane when they were paging Dorenda Adams with a gate change. That name just does not even register to me. So how, pray tell, did Indiana come to be out of all this? Well, I have to take a quick break to spotlight today's sponsor, but I'll be back with that story after the break. I have been using Prep Dish for three years now, and now that I'm back to a gluten-free, high-protein way of eating, I am so thankful that I'm not spending hours culling recipes and shopping lists from all over the internet trying to make a kid-friendly keto meal for my whole family. Prep Dish is my kitchen VIP. 
PrepDish is a healthy meal planning service that offers a variety of options, including dairy-free, paleo, gluten-free, and keto menus, which is what we do. They email you the entire week's grocery list, which you can print or save to your phone, and then it's one trip to the grocery store or one session putting in your order at your favorite curbside pickup or grocery delivery service, and then you're set for the week. Along with the shopping list are detailed instructions so you can prep all of that week's meals in one go. This is now our family's Monday after breakfast tradition. We turn on the tunes and we get to prepping together. I'd love for you to see how easy Prep Dish is too. Visit PrepDish.com slash today to try it for two weeks completely free. That's PrepDish.com slash today. Hit me up if you take advantage of that free trial. I would love to know what dishes you are prepping. And now back to the show. You're asking me how I got the name Indiana, right? Well, aside from my grandpa occasionally calling me that, I didn't pick up Indiana until I transferred to Cal State Monterey Bay. I was literally the only student there from Indiana, but I met a fellow film major named Brendan whose grandparents were from Indiana, and he just marveled how there was someone at CSUMB all the way from Indiana. So he just started calling me Indiana. I ended up using that name anytime I had to put my name on things like film or TV credits or group writing assignments. I got married in college, so Indiana Adams sounded awesome. And then, while in college, I had done some extra work for the film Rent, and I got Taft Hartlead, which basically means the day I worked, they didn't have enough screen actors, guild actors, or SAG actors that day, so they had to pull some non-union actors and turn us into union actors. You see, productions in certain states like California are required to have a certain amount of union actors. So basically, I became SAG eligible on a fluke or due to a scheduling oversight or something. Here's a trivia bit about SAG straight from their website. SAG makes every effort to avoid enrolling members with the same name or very similar names. Because the list of available names changes daily, it would not be helpful for us to research name choices before an actor or performer joins. During the joining process, the actor will be asked for three alternate name choices in case the first choice is not available. So you see, because of that, that's why Philip Seymour Hoffman couldn't just be Philip Hoffman. There was already a Philip Hoffman, so he had to add Seymour. Emma Stone couldn't register her real name. She's Emily Stone in real life, so she chose Emma. And I couldn't register Dee Dee Adams. There was already a Dee Dee Adams. Indiana Adams was my first alternate choice, followed by Dee Dee with no E's, and then Dee Dee Marley as my third choice, Marley being the street I grew up on. Indiana Adams was available, and you know what? I was ecstatic about that. Indiana feels much more like my real name than my real name. It's the name I've always used in my creative work, writing and acting and now podcasting, and it pays a sweet homage to my home state and to my grandpa. If I meet you in real life, I will introduce myself as Indiana. I treat that as my real name. I have a DBA for it so I can get my checks made out to that name and peep my debit card. (laughs) It's on there. Didi or D or Indy, those, those feel like nicknames. So once we've shared a meal together or you've gotten to know my husband or kids, you'll find that you just naturally slip into D. Or if you've known me for a really long time, you're already there. You know, I wasn't sure if I would ever divulge my real first name online because right now, even though my name is unique, I'm not the only one with it. So I'm hard to find if that's what you're Googling. But the small town where I grew up is getting ready to publish a piece on me and this podcast. So I figure that you'd find out eventually. 
I wanted you to hear the story of how my name came to be from me instead of the newspaper. Shania Twain's real name is Eileen Edwards. Jamie Foxx was born Eric Bishop. Julie Garland's real name was Frances Ethel Gum. Mindy Kaling's full name is Vera Mindy Cho Kalingam. And guys, I got her autograph back in 2012 when I was 8.75 months pregnant carrying Lucy, and she asked if I had picked a name yet. I said, no, not yet. Do you have any suggestions? She said, not Vera. And then she laughed and asked, who do I make this out to? I said, Indiana. And listener, I kid you not. She said, now that's a cool name. That was March 2012. And three years later, in September of 2015, season four, episode two of The Mindy Project aired. It's the one where Mindy has her baby. It begins like this, with Mindy and Danny in bed. Danny, listen to my great idea. We should name the baby after a classic movie character, like Indiana or Wally. Coincidence? <laughs> Absolutely. But am I ever going to go back? Never. Okay, instead of a good time, good deal segment, I am going to recommend some resources to you. First, may I recommend the Newsworthy as a source of unbiased news? Erica Mandy does 10-minute episodes of news headlines, and she and her team work so hard to keep it balanced and informative. I also want to recommend Pantsuit Politics. Two women discuss politics and current events with grace as they welcome nuances, and they consider themselves political opposites and best friends. They did an episode on May 15th about kids and COVID-19 that I recommend. And then third, two years ago, I got to interview Tasha Morrison from the incredible organization Be The Bridge. The topic was talking with kids about race and what I learned prepping for that episode and while interviewing her alongside Mel from Lighten Up with Melanie Dale, it was, it was transformative for me. So check out Be The Bridge on Facebook and Instagram and go back and listen to that particular episode. And discussions I've been having over the last 48 hours or so with other women, it seems like collectively we are exhausted. We are tired of people fighting about whether or not we should wear masks. We are tired of being cooped up and unable to travel for the summer. We are tired of the cycle of bad news and the harsh realities. Tired of people saying that COVID-19 is a hoax and tired of social media arguments over the senseless act of violence against unarmed black men. If we keep focusing on the news, we'd be inclined to say that 2020 is a dumpster fire. Nonetheless, I keep coming back to two things. First, we must not grow weary in doing what is right. And two, we have to think about things in this season that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. It doesn't come natural to let those things echo in our heads. I can still remember that Corey T. Wilson, yeah, I'm going to name drop him, who said that I had the most annoying voice he's ever heard and that he could not even sit on my side of the cafeteria because of my voice. You know, it is my dream that his wife finds this podcast and starts listening to it out loud at home on the Bluetooth speakers. And I still remember learning this and how deflated that made me feel. And even now, even now, I have trouble when that memory comes up. I have trouble remembering that so many of you have said that my voice makes you smile. So I go back. I read what you've written. Sleepy McNapperson back in March on Apple Podcasts wrote that I am a calm but kind, joyful voice during crazy times. 
In April, Liz Seymour wrote, Indiana has a voice that was clearly made to listen to, but her words also match this quality. So your challenge this week is to write the good down, because we tend to forget. What's the good that came out of this season? Listen, I'm not denying that a lot of you are going through some really hard times. I'm not naive to think that so many of you feel like your future is uncertain because you can no longer work or your husband can no longer work. I'm not saying that we should not be sad about canceled summer plans or that we should not focus on fighting the fight of racial reconciliation. What I am saying is that it's hard to remember the good, especially when we're in difficult seasons or what I call the in-betweens, when we're in a period of waiting. So just take a moment. What have you appreciated about these last 75 days or so? Maybe you learned to make sourdough. Maybe you potty trained your kid or got to be the one who taught them to read. Maybe it's been sweet having more meals together as a family. Maybe you tie-dyed something and it turned out super cute. Write it down, because one day you're going to look back at this season, because it will be behind us. What will you remember? What will your kids remember? You may forget that this was the season that your baby slept through the night for the first time, or when your kid learned to tie her shoes, or she learned to ride a bike. This week's Today By The Way challenge is to write it down. And if you feel like sharing some of the sweetness, tag that list on Instagram with the hashtag TBTWChallenge. Or better yet, share that good with a friend or a family member, especially if that good was about them. Okay, friend, that is it for today. It feels so good to be back. The show notes are online at todaybytheway.com slash episodes, and you can connect with me on Instagram at Indiana Adams and on the show's Instagram at todaybytheway. They're different, I swear. And uh, <laughs> if you're playing Wizards Unite still, will you add me? <laughs> I have all these runestone gifts to give away and only like two friends in the game. Gosh, this is so embarrassing, but my friend code is in the show notes. I'm a level 24 or and I could use some friends. <laughs> Thank you for your words of encouragement. Being a part of this community is a joy. I know you have so many things you need to do today, so thank you for bringing me alongside you. I hope this weekend you find rest for your soul. Today is a new day, and friend, I am cheering you on.